Hey guys, thanks for joining me on another episode of the CrossFit Lady Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm really excited to share with you my interview with Shauna Norton. Shauna is a level one CrossFit trainer. She's a level one certified nutrition coach through Precision Nutrition, and she has her BS in kinesiology. But she also is the co-founder of the Competitive Female Training Program, which is an online program just for women and offers a level M program, which is exclusively for menopausal women. This was a great interview. Shauna is super passionate. She's super fun. And I hope that you really enjoyed the interview as much as I did. All right. So here it goes. And uh, enjoy. So Shauna, like I said to you in the beginning, I'm so happy that you're here on my program. I'm really um, thankful to you because I've actually gotten a lot of your content. I follow you on social media and um, a lot of your your posts and your even video tutorials have helped me personally. So I'm just really happy that you're here. Fuck yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I'm stoked for the opportunity. Yeah, awesome. Um, so I wanted to, to ask you, like, how did you get into doing crossfit um training specific to women like what drove you to to put something together just for women um so i've been doing crossfit for almost uh well actually be 10 years next month in october um and i became a competitive crossfitter in 2017 Mm -hmm. um and at the time i was training with three other individuals um we thought maybe we would try to get a a teams to uh regionals (laughs) was still there or the games um and when uh, our, our gym had flooded and we moved to another gym and all of a sudden, like the team broke up, um, but I still had like my, my competitive spirit had been, you know, fired up. Um, and so I talked to Roderick, who uh, is my coach now, um, who's kind of like guiding me at the time. Um, and I, I said, you know, I think maybe like, let's, let's see if I can go masters and let's see if I can get to the games that, that road. Um, and when I did that at the time, we were all following misfits and I didn't have my gymnastics, my lifting, like I came in CrossFit was a very strong lifter from the start. I'm just, you know, that was like the thing I worked on when I was a kid, I built forts. <laughs> so I was really good at, at like moving heavy objects and stuff like that. Um, and I had a strict one strict pull up, like I could do a handstand, like a, a kick up, things like that, but I didn't have any of my advanced gymnastics at all. And so we started working together, him and I, and at one time I was following five programs. I was following Misfits. Yeah, I was doing Strong Fit because I was trying to work on all my weaknesses at once. And I I said to him, like, this this isn't working. And he started trying to tailor stuff for me. And then I got to the point where I was like, bro, you know, you just need to program. Like, and the poor kid, he was like, he never had a competitive athlete like that before. And I said, Rod, you need to program so I can go to the CrossFit Games. And he was like, okay. And so he started programming for me. And it was just instantaneously, I was like, oh my God, this programming is what every woman in CrossFit needs. Because you don't see women coming in crushing pull-ups, right? You see them four, five, six years in still don't have their pull-ups. You see them struggling with handstand push-ups, regular push-ups, you know, not understanding how to be strong with a power, with a box jump, things like that. So it just was that yeah aha moment and from there that the idea began that the competitive female training uh, the idea started in about 2018 and we started talking about it and then it it didn't become 
a thing that was available. I think we put it on Wattify for the masses and like, I think we did it. I got laid off from the gym right after COVID started, like in May of 2020, I was general manager of, of a, a gym and we closed. And so I got laid off um, and we put CFT on Wattify then. And then it was, yeah, we've just been growing it since. Yeah. I, I think what I enjoy with your, um, your video tutorials or your videos of certain movements is that for one, you can tell that you guys are having fun, but also it's very entertaining. It's very lighthearted. It's, you know, it, it, makes you it like you bring the fun because CrossFit is supposed to be fun first and foremost. Right. And then, and then you get to do a lot of cool shit, but you know, you have fun at the beginning. And I think that's what I get from watching your videos is that, you know, you're, you, you guys have a really good sense of humor, um, but you have really wonderful um, modifications or like progressions uh, to getting, you know, the, the, uh, the more tricky moves. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I relate mm -hmm. because it, it, you know, like, God, my bar muscle up journey. One of the reasons I love coaching women, I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck about the boys. I love men. They're amazing. You need them. But when it comes to CrossFit and helping them, I'm not here for you because they come in and they have like the pulling stuff right away. Right. And bar muscle ups, man. So I got my ring muscle up first. I did not understand how to do a bar muscle up. And I would have these well-meaning boys come up to me, men, whatever, and they'd be like, you just need to use your lats. You just need to pull the bar to your hips. You know, you just need to do this. And I wanted to stab them. I'm like, thanks for the useless coaching because you're not helping. I don't understand how to do this. And I, I got to a point, you know, like I, at, at, when I was starting the practice, I was a coach and I was almost embarrassed to be not having the skill that, that I was teaching people how to do, right? Like I would do the jumping bar muscle ups to demonstrate and things like that. Um, sorry, the lighting is. Uh, and I, I would go and, and I would wait until like after hours or everybody was out of the gym to practice by my bar muscle ups because I just wanted to practice and I didn't need everybody coming to me every time I was doing it to try to offer unsolicited advice and drove me fucking bonkers. <laughs> so like I figured out how to do it. I figured out like what everybody was struggling with. And those are the things that I provide for coaching. Cause I'm like, you know, yeah, you, you, the transition is the hardest part. We don't know how to use our lats. Even still I have lats and sometimes I forget to pull and press. And I'm just like, it's, yeah, the, the modifications that I give are literally because I struggle. So what is, um, so in terms of, yeah, bar muscle up, like how would you go about, what is the difference, I guess, in teaching women how to progress um, into a bar muscle up than, than, I guess, men? Is it is it because we don't have that strength naturally, right, that men do? Um, so what is it, what are like the points that you're really kind of um, talking about more to women? So... First, I make sure that we recognize the bar muscle up is a whole bunch of things, right? Like you have to have an understanding of how to be more aggressive, which is something we don't inherently do, you know? We might mm -hmm. be aggressive when we're driving, maybe, right? <laughs> but if your coach comes to you and, and says, you know, have a more aggressive hip pop or, you know, more aggressive drive with your legs, it's not, that's not something we, we figure out, right? So having them understand 
like what what is that translating to when I say be more aggressive what actually do I mean when I say that and how do I apply that cue to something with like the bar muscle up so if you th look at the progression of gymnastics and you see it's a hollow arch is, is you know your little one to start and then if you get a bigger one now you've got a kipping pull up and if you get an even bigger one now you've got a chest bar and then if you get a massive one you get your bar muscle up right so that massive kip is that be more aggressive part of it so so showing a, a, a female athlete you know translating it into if I want to jump higher onto a box I have to put more power into it right I, I you know have maybe have a tendency to drop my chest more a bit a, a bigger leg uh, bend things like that mm -hmm. so I take that understanding and I say I want you to sit to jump higher on the box that same concept but use that as a hip drive to the bar, right? And I, I don't have to usually translate that to men. Like, be more aggressive with men. I, I feel like they inherently understand that that cue. Um, so so things like that, like working on their grip strength, like, like a female athlete is not going to be successful getting bar muscle-ups if she can't even hang on the bar for 10, 15 seconds at a time. So helping her... Uh, you know, develop that grip strength, the pulling strength, like you'll see the female athlete when she first gets her kipping pull up and she finishes with her head hardly reaching over the bar, right? Well, if you don't have the strength to pull yourself higher up on the bar, you're not getting a bar muscle up, right? Mm -hmm. So teaching them how to be more forceful with their pulling so they finish their pull and then developing that upper back strength, like the, the mid trap. Um, is, is huge. So we work on things like that. And we do like, you know, I, I teach uh, bar muscle warm-ups, which is something and, you know, talking to the 50 and over crowd, our warm-ups are directly correlated with our success in, or with our success in training. And if you want to be explosive in your training, if you want to be explosive <laughs> with your snatches and your cleans and your gymnastics, then you need to to warm up explosive, right? So like my bar muscle up warm up, I'll have them do box jumps because it gets you that you have to be fast, right? And we all know, cause we all have fucked up chins from missing a box that one time we weren't that fast. Um, so yeah, I, I, I teach them, I have warm ups and drills in the warm ups that are specific to female athletes, activating that upper back so they remember where they're pulling from, mm -hmm. being mindful of, of a strong pull. We can't be soft and, and you know gentle when we're doing something like that. Um, and then how I communicate what they need to do. I, I, I try to use terms that women know how to apply versus just the general across the board. I hate being more aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> I just throw the ball harder, things like that. So um, so you have a level M programming that's really specific to women, like perimenopausal, menopausal women. Um, so is that those dynamic movements uh, more of an integral part of that program? Or like how does it differ from like the general program? Absolutely. So – one of the things with Level M, we take into account Dr. Sims' recommendations, Stacey Sims' recommendations for perimenopause, menopausal women. So we work on plyometrics one to two times a week. They have more plyometrics, more jumping, more explosive stuff in their warm-ups. The warm-ups tend to be a little bit longer um, because, you know, <laughs> it takes the engine longer.
longer to get going. Um, so we do that, and then we have uh, we work on like single leg strength, balancing stuff. Um, you know, learning how to move your body, paying attention how to move your body because if you're an athlete that's coming in later in life, so we have these these things called mechanoreceptors in our joints, and that provides us feedback at where our body is in space. If we haven't used that proprioception, if we haven't developed that awareness of where our body is in space, right, it's hard to learn something like the snatch or, you know, kipping pull-ups or things like that. Um, so the balance stuff and the slowing stuff down and giving them more time to work on technique is super, super important because it teaches them to be aware of where their body is, and then they're more successful. Um, so we do a lot of skill work. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's taking into account what an athlete needs at 40 plus. Right. And I think that body awareness is such a huge piece. And like you were saying, if especially if you're coming into this sport later in life, like I did, uh, you know, I didn't have that body awareness, you know, being inverted on the wall, you know, de- doing any of that stuff like that's, that is foreign. And, um, and it, such a huge learning curve there, um, but such a great opportunity, right? Because I mean, that's the beauty of CrossFit, how it benefits not only the body and the muscles and all of that, but like our, our whole like um, our brain adaptation, you know, our neurological ad- adaptation. I'm, I mean, so it's powerful that way. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, we were talking about my mom. I, I literally, I was just talking to her last night and she's so funny. She's, you know, it. Every time I talk to them when I talk CrossFit, I just, I do, I tear up because it makes me so happy as a kid in CrossFit, as a woman, I'm 42, but still, when you talk about your parents, you're a kid. So as, you know, as a kid in CrossFit and then just as, as a child, uh, you know, of aging parents, like I was starting to genuinely worry because I'm literally across the United States, right? And I don't have any siblings to help my parents. And I'm watching them, you know, slowly fall apart because they're 68 and 72. And I don't have anything that I, I didn't have anything that I felt like I could do to slow that progression because I knew it was on them. But I also knew that if I could get them to go to CrossFit, that that would be a game changer. They'd be surrounded by younger people who would encourage them to learn new things, who would challenge their beliefs, who would expose them to different information. You know, they would be exposed to different ways of moving. They'd be encouraged to run, to jump, you know, to move lateral, to squat below parallel, things like that, right? And seeing my parents, like, you know, like the, the, they have this legends class and the whole CrossFit gym, including the Legends class, went and played kickball. Like, my dad played kickball. It's so great. And then my mom, like, you know, she she was so excited. She's doing – so she had a, a knee surgery. She had a full uh, knee replacement in February. And she had been doing CrossFit for probably six months before she had that knee surgery. So she her strength was already improved, which helped her, her recover faster from the surgery. And then she's going back to it. She was in the gym, I think, within like 10 days of having the knee surgery. They just modified everything. Well, she told me last night, before this knee surgery and before CrossFit, she couldn't do a jumping jack where she could jump out, but she couldn't jump back in. 
and she was so excited because she can jump back in now wow that's awesome yeah and it's like little things like that like you know i'm sorry if she were going to regular pt she wouldn't maybe she would have the capacity to jump back in once her knee was fixed but she would never be encouraged to try that right Mm -hmm. and then now it's like you know she she's learning the yet she'll say like i can't do this yet and i'm like yes Yes. mom like you yeah (laughs) it's not you can't ever it's like we just gotta work on it and like she you know she's trying these new things and i'm like oh my god there's hope like you know she started hiking again and i'm just like crossfit is giving her this confidence that there are so many things she's capable of doing and trying and when she tries them instead of saying oh i can't she's now being given a path on how can i eventually right and i think i mean that there's so much good stuff and so many things that like that you're pointing out that just resonate with me but um but you know again back to you know having um a fun environment to you know to work out in a a place where you can expand like you were saying like she's expanding her abilities uh but also you know i think as women especially as we get older society historically has like shrunken this down like the older we get the more we're supposed to like shrink and take less space and like not you know not expand like you know and, and now it's so like we're seeing kind of a revolution i mean you're starting a revolution of your own honestly because you're allowing women to look at their shape and like expand like i want bolder shoulders i mean honestly like i would be happy to expand and you know and take up more space and be more powerful and and you know not shrink down and and be explosive in movements and 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 like your mom is saying not yet but i'll be capable perhaps of doing it and like seeing that you can still have goals even as an older female athlete, that just because you're older and female, like you've stopped, you know, growing in the sport. So I think that's so, it's so fabulous. Um, But in terms of, you know, going back to like society telling us that we should shrink down, I know that you do a lot of nutrition counseling too. And Mm -hmm. for women in menopause, what are some of the things that they're coming to you with? Like, what are some of the major, I get pitfalls or like things that they get stuck on and can you talk about that? Like, what kind of advice do you do you tend to give? Um, so I think, I mean, there's a lot of things, right? Because hashtag menopause. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, like, some of the biggest things are the body composition. Like, up until the change your body had or the changes, you had a system in place and it worked. And you knew if you gained a little bit bit of weight after vacation or stress or whatever, you knew how to get it off. And then all of a sudden you do those same things and it doesn't work. And in fact, sometimes it's counterproductive and you gain more weight, right? So this almost betrayal of your body and what it's doing, and then all the fun symptoms (laughs) that come with menopause, poor sleep, you know, anxiety, fear. So this is a, such an interesting one and it, it I can appreciate it personally and then now I see it from a different perspective across the board. I didn't know that when estrogen declines, we become more fearful. Mm-hmm. And that's 
fucking nuts because like personally uh so uh like i like i told you i'm i'm a pretty strong lifter i i started you know being able to lift quite quickly into crossfit and you know 37 38 39 i would do you know like 175 pound clean and jerk and imam and not think twice about it right and in the last couple of years it has started to to fill me with trepidation and and i was you know, there were, there were so many things that I was logically processing of like, you know, maybe we haven't been doing them as often. We've been working on my positions, you know, yeah, like I've caught them off a few times and it's felt uncomfortable. I'm losing my confidence, all this shit. And then when I uh, did my pre-meeting with, with Celine, she and I were talking about um, fear and she said that and I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Like I knew intuitively I could just feel that my body is changing. And when I started to think about it, I was like, oh my God, like this is what it is. Cause nothing else has changed. In fact, the other stuff, like, you know, I've PR'd my overhead squat. I've, I've PR'd a whole bunch of stuff. And yet things that I used to do without fear are now creating apprehension. And <laughs> The, the sad thing was, is I used to think, like, women as they got older just became wusses, and it never occurred to me. I was like, why? Why do we become so soft, right? And now I'm like, oh, fuck, because we're scared, because estrogen isn't there to say, I got your back, girl, right? And now you're like, and testosterone is going, and, and testosterone gives us some, you know, some proverbial balls, right? And, and so all of a sudden, yeah, like, you don't have that that uh, hormone support to support your your mental state so before you go i got this and you you have that those hormones behind you saying yeah you do and now you say i got this and you know it's echoing in the back there's nothing there and then you're like oh shit maybe i don't um, but yeah yeah so like that is it's crazy to me. Um, so helping women navigate that has been huge, like helping them, you know, redefine themselves emotionally. Um, and then dealing with like, you know, energy levels and brain fog and how do I now tailor my training to my new physiology? Those, those are, you know, a lot of the things that we work on um, with, with my menopausal clients. So, um, so menopause belly, I know is a thing personally. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I'm like, uh, listening to everything you're saying, like, yep, yep, yep. I, I feel all that. Um, and it's funny because it's, it's totally creeping up on me. And, and like you're saying, nothing has changed. If, if anything, I'm paying much more attention to what I'm eating because I'm trying to figure this out. So with menopause belly being a thing, and you know, I'm not going to obsess about it because I think one of the things that we have to take home is that for one, the knowledge that you're imparting or that, you know, I, I feel like the, the more that us menopausal women talking about like our hormones are declining and this is why we're fearful and this is why this is happening. The more we understand that it helps us just kind of be, I think, kinder to our bodies. Like we know we're going through transition, like and giving each other a little space to just get through it. Um, So yeah, right. Be okay. So um, I'm not going to obsess over my menopause belly, but going into that, is there anything that we could be doing you know, with our workouts or nutrition specifically that could target that menopause belly asking, asking for a friend, but actually I'm the friend. (laughs) Absolutely. There are quite a few things. 
Um, so recognizing that one of the consequences of declining estrogen is increased cortisol levels, right? So we have to be even more mindful of managing our cortisol levels moving forward. What does that mean? As a CrossFitter, it means tailoring our workouts. So anytime we exercise, we have a stress response to that exercise, right? It's a positive stress response, but it still occurs. When we do CrossFit, it's funny because the majority of CrossFitters are A-type personalities, right? We're go, 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 and then we go, 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 and then we do some more. <laughs> and CrossFit is not necessarily conducive to managing stress because if you're an A-type and you're doing go, 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 and then the rest of your day is like that, you just have chronically elevated cortisol levels. And now as menopausal women or perimenopausal women, we have even higher cortisol levels. So uh, with CrossFit, two of the things, or actually I'll say three of the things that I found to be very effective for managing the, the uh, belly fat is A, making sure that you're properly fueled before fitness. You don't get to fast anymore before you exercise. And even if that means just having like some dextrose and some essential amino acids in a water bottle, or if you cannot tolerate anything before you fitness, making sure you stock up on carbs before you go to bed. So that will help manage because, you know, whether or not we, our ovaries don't work anymore, we're still women, right? And our bodies are very sensitive to not having fuel or to train in a fasted state. So that helps manage cortisol levels from the start. And then also recognizing that Metcon, metabolic conditioning, are exceptionally uh, challenging for our bodies and they give us a really big stress response, right? So if I'm trying to manage my cortisol, especially if I'm still going through everything and I'm not like fully out of menopause and, you know, my hormones are still all over the place, I probably should only be metconning two or three times a week. And I should be focusing mostly on strength across the board. And then when I do metcon, tailor it to my changing physiology both from a, a hormone standpoint and also from an aging standpoint because as we get older we lose our type 2 muscle fiber right we become real slow we can run forever but we sure as shit can't run fast um so uh all taking your metcons and making them sprint interval and then making them uh you know shorter in duration so that you're not taxing your body and it doesn't have to be like that permanently um, but if you're, you know, if you're trying to make changes, you tailor your life and your nutrition to making those changes. And then once you get those changes dialed in and you're happy with where you're at, then you can figure out what maintenance looks like, right? Mm -hmm. um, so a woman who is trying to target losing body fat in her stomach, I'm going to have her not met on a ton. I'm going to have her... Uh, Metcon, you know, one or two times a week, maybe three times a week if she's still super competitive. I'm going to have her, you know, if she wants to be doing the Metcon with someone else, you know, on a day and it's not one of her prescribed Metcon days, I will have her either uh, go real slow to flush out or try to make it a strength workout and go slow and do strength. So, like, you know, instead of box jumps having it be weighted step ups or instead of burpees have it be weighted deadlifts things like that so she can still be participating but it's giving her body a break right and then the other thing about that is allowing our bodies to recover so as we do as we get older we don't produce as much human growth hormone 
And because we don't produce as much HGH, we have a harder time recovering between sessions. Lifting doesn't do nearly as much damage to the body as the metcons do because the eccentric part of it, because of the re repeated load, right? Um, even at lightweight or just body weight movements. So allowing your body to recover properly manages stress as well and gives your body a break. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Do you still recommend, um, I think CrossFit does the, like a two day uh, of rest. Do you mm -hmm. think that we should have more than the two days or how do you feel about Not that? Not necessarily. Okay. I, so I, I don't encourage ever to go five days straight. I think that you should do three on, one off, two on, one off. Mm -hmm. And if your schedule doesn't allow for you to do that, then you need to make that third day an easy day and, and go in and like, you know, super lightweight, just flush, be gentle on your body so it can recover. I think these are good guidelines because, you know, for women who are uh, part of a box like myself and, and, and the programming is set to just, um, these are good guidelines to follow as far as you have to go in and, and if you are able to see a lot of the boxes do give you the week's worth of wads, be able to figure out which days you're going to go in and metcon and which days you're going to go in and, and lift heavy. I guess maybe the tricky part is just making sure that on your lift heavy days that you get enough variety right within your lifts that you're not always doing a deadlift let's say or choosing you know what I mean just getting enough uh, or yeah but I mean I also think it's funny I had a, a woman that reached out asking about that like what is the rule for for variety in training and I feel like you know yeah you don't want to be doing deadlifts five days a week but the compound lifts back uh, squats presses deadlifts like doing those on the regular you know if you wanted to back squat three days a week you're not gonna do any damage by that you know obviously you can't be maxing out every time um but yeah as long as you're you're doing a little bit of variety you're you're okay okay I, you don't have to do this different exercises every day you can do some exercises the same Okay. Yeah. And that's so great to hear. And, and like I said, for women that are part of a box and they can, and I think that, you know, you have to um, advocate for yourself and, and be able to speak to your coach about, Hey, you know, I'm going to, um, participate in this way and just kind of laying that groundwork. Right. So you're not coming to class and trying to figure out that out at the, you know, at the whiteboard brief or during the whiteboard brief. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, when you, when you mention to your coach and depending on the age and the gender of them, they're going to process it potentially differently. Right. But like we talk about sleep and menopause a lot and there is a direct correlation between, uh, poor sleep and cortisol levels. So if you're someone who is constantly stressed out and anxious and your cortisol levels are constantly high, your sleep is not going to be good. Right. And if we were to track, if we were to test people's serum cortisol levels at different points in a CrossFit workout, you're going to see that during that Metcon and post, your cortisol levels are much higher, right? So if I come to my coach and I'm like, you know, I'm going through this change and, you know, I don't know what the fuck's happening with my hormones right now, uh, but I know that I'm really stressed out and I want to go easy to manage my cortisol, like, because I'm not sleeping, right? Give them, like context for it so that they understand you're not just some wackadoo that's like saying hey I'm not doing a workout the way you wrote it right like I have logic and science behind this and I'm trying to make sure my sleep is good I'm trying to make sure I recover well 
you know, I'm tired of this menopause belly, um, then it, it helps them understand that you're, you're, you are advocating for yourself with science backing you up. Mm -hmm. Do you think like adding in a yoga or some sort of mobility kind of thing, like, does that help reduce cortisol and kind of at the same time, maybe just help you out in general with like recovery day? I don't Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Even like, I, I'm personally a huge fan of GoWad because you do, do you use that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it's like, it's personalized to you. You do your tests and then it tells you where you're strong and weak or, you know, mobile and inflexible. And then they have a whole bunch of different protocols. So you can do like, you know, a couple 20 minute protocols that are stretching, that are restorative. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing with cortisol. So you asked, like, how do you manage the menopause belly? My approach is make sure that they're eating before and after training. Make sure the training is tailored to manage cortisol levels. Make sure that we get sleep as good as we can, given what we got, right? And then make sure nutrition is on point to support where we want the body to go. So getting adequate protein. And, and studies are even showing, like, one one gram per pound of body weight is should be the starting point not the end point right um like the rda is like uh, i think it's 0.8 grams per kilogram which is like ends up you know women are getting 60 70 grams of protein a day it's like that's cute that's breakfast so like getting them on the upper end of that protein, right? And then tailoring the carbohydrates and the fats to their specific needs. Women, I, I uh, almost always have their fats somewhere between 60 and 80 grams, no matter what. And then their carbs, I put them at a minimum of 120, 120 to 150, no matter what, uh, making sure that they're mostly whole foods. And then we give more depending on their fitness. So once you've you've dealt with all that you have sleep dialed in you know from a nutritional standpoint from a lifestyle standpoint your training dialed in then you talk about supplements and like if you read next level and, and the adaptogens right there are a lot of supplements that are amazing at supporting low cortisol levels so then you add in something like ashwagandha or spasandra and then all of a sudden you've got you know a, a across the board awesome uh, system to manage low cortisol which managing low cortisol then allows you to stop the, the belly fat from depositing right gives the female body a, a safe space to feel loved and then in that safe space she's comfortable using her body fat as fuel and then you slowly you know see your body composition uh you were saying that uh the ownness of the individual is, is on them, right? To to apply what needs to get done. Right, exactly. And I and and that's important, you know, as opposed to looking to ex an external, you know, a, a one quick fix pill, you know, a fat burner or whatever else is out there in the market because that's never going to work. You know, it's really um it's time spent and and just like we talked about at the beginning with CrossFit, it's body awareness. This is another level of that. So that's important. Um, so are these, what we've talked about, is this what you, what is part of the level M program or what, um, can you just talk a little bit more about what's included in your level M program? The, the athletes that come through CFT, they have some general guidance from me as far as nutrition goes. Like 
you know, I'll help them get, I, I send them to precisionnutrition.com to the macro calculator to get some macro ideas and then we kind of tailor it to them in the group. Um, I try to be very mindful and I'm horrible at it about not giving lots of free coaching because that's what people pay me for. And it also is, you know, detracting me from my paying clients, but it's really hard because I do just want to be able to help everybody. (laughs) Um, So I help our athletes for CFT get their macros sorted, you know, general macros. And then I will be up their asses about making sure that they hit their protein numbers. And we do have mobility stuff uh, that we ask them to do before and after training. And then I was uh, forgot to mention when we were talking about managing cortisol for CrossFit, we have this thing now that we have our female athletes do. It's a down-regulation protocol where right after they finish training, they literally go and they grab a towel, put their feet up on a box, and for five minutes, they do down-regulation breathing. And what that does is help them come back to a parasympathetic state. So a lot of CrossFitters, you know, they're doing the Metcon, they're crushing it, right? And then it's done, and they put their equipment away. Maybe they roll out for a couple minutes, and then they leave. Their body is still in that heightened state, right? And then now you're going to work, and you're in that heightened state. And you're driving, you're in that heightened state, right? And so your body never gets a break from running away from the proverbial lion. So having them do the breathing lets them reset and then lets them be in a calm state to go about their day and then you know they can get chased by another lion later that's really interesting and i think um what a great addition to what you're doing that's yeah that makes sense yeah Yeah. he's he's a smart kid i call him kid he's almost he's almost an adult he's almost 30 (laughs) um but yeah he's he's a brilliant brilliant young man and he's he's very smart and thoughtful when it comes to how he programs for us and he does just program for women he he is very mindful of you know what do women need and we have the conversations of you know like we have this demographic that's 40 year old plus and how are we going to serve them independently of the younger generation um so yeah so for level m they they come in they they get general guidance uh from me I'll help them in the group with like asking questions about supplements and stuff like that and then the programming is everything we were talking about about like managing cortisol levels so they always lift heavy they lift they train five days a week um, they do three days on one day off two days on they do uh, one at least one sprint interval piece a day so what I often do is take the Metcon that is prescribed for the regular classes or the regular tracks. And then I will break it up and to make it be a sprint interval piece for the athlete. So like the other day we had 200 double unders for time, or excuse me, it was 20 wall walks into 200 double unders for time. And I took that and made it for level M at two wall walks, 20 double unders, 10 rounds, and then uh, push hard through that and rest for 60 seconds. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so do you have ongoing, is it like something that just have rolling registrations through or how can people, uh, do, or do you have registrations during, only during a certain time? How does it work? No, you can sign up anytime. Okay. We, uh, we follow progressive overload style of, of programming, which means that as things go, they get harder essentially. <laughs> the volume increases and the, the rounds sometimes increase reps decrease so an athlete can you know progressively load 
the barbell and things like that. Um, so when they jump in, they might not have like, cause we do traditional test program, you know, six to eight week cycle and retest. Uh, if they're jumping in, in, in a part of the program where, you know, we're in it and they don't have those percentages, then we just have them go off of rate of perceived exertion. Um, and they're still, no matter where they, they come in, we're, we're going to help them tailor the programming to where they're at. Okay. And they're still going to get massive benefits from it. So I'll definitely put that link in the show notes so that, you know, my listeners can, can have access to that and, and all the other cool stuff that you offer. And um, I think it's just wonderful that you really are, have something specific really to, to our population. And, um, and, and you have just, again, wonderful content out there um, for free uh, on your Instagram and, and your Facebook posts and all of that. So definitely people should check you out. And I, I appreciate you so much um, sharing your time with me today, because I know you're a busy gal. And um, so I really thank you for, for coming on my show. And, um, you know, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for doing this, doing what you're doing in this space, dude. Like, yeah, you know, you talked about we're expanding and we're learning to take up space and and that like you coming on and saying, making a podcast for women 50 plus is saying, look, listen, we matter. And I want to be part of that voice. Absolutely. And, you know, for me and, and like, I'm sure for you too, it's a matter of like longevity and, ta- and going back to your mom. It's like, you know, having a quality of life that is wonderful right up, you know, for as long as possible and, and having, you know, taking the worry away from the decrepitude that that inevitably creeps into a degree, but like staving that off as much as possible and really, you know, um, helping us just, just, you know, stay healthy and stay active as long as possible, right? Like that's the, that's all I'm going for here. <laughs> so, um, Real quick, there there were two things that you had mentioned when you were talking about CrossFit and ownness, and people need to you know put take these recommendations and they need to take responsibility for them. So there's this really awesome book. It's called Comfort Crisis, and he talks about how one of the things that we're struggling with now as a society across the world is we've made life so comfortable that we don't have daily struggles. And because we don't have those daily struggles, you know, we're, str- we're struggling more with things that are used to be not even in existence, like, you know, severe depression, anxiety, things like that, right? And I think with CrossFit, one of the things that, that people get out of it is that daily struggle. You get to come in and accomplish something, right? So having people see that they can do hard things makes them more emotionally resilient, allows them to apply that, well, I did this here, you know, I did this Metcon I didn't think I could do, I'm, I'm going to be able to crush this work project or things like that. Um, so I, I think, like, that also why it's helping women so much is because it helps us with, you know, becoming stronger mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and and as an older woman, I mean, that's, you know, when I, when I go out and somebody's asking if they could put, if they could load the water into my bag, you know, um, that's where it comes in. Like, I just, I'm a strong person. I just deadlifted my body weight at the gym. Like, I don't need your help, but you know, so it's nice to have that feeling of confidence because a lot of times, you know, we kind of, that goes away a little bit absolutely yeah we can do hard things we are strong capable well the other thing that um so are you familiar with peter atia have you ever heard that no um 
he look him up. Good luck because you're going to get down the rabbit hole of he's amazing. He's been on the Huberman uh, Lab podcast and and yeah, he's just incredible. But one of the things that he talks about is he references your marginal years, the last 10 years of your life. What do you want the last 10 years of your life to look like, right? And sit down and figure out what you want those last 10 years. And then work your way back. So Ooh. if you want to be mobile and strong and healthy, have full cognition, not have preventable disease, how do you have to build your life from there back to make that happen, right? Like the majority of us think that old age, decrepitude, mm-hmm. you know, Alzheimer's, things like that are, are just it's what's going to happen no matter what. But the majority of that stuff is preventable. But you have to take action now to see that it is preventable, right? And with CrossFit, again, like where we are making our lives good up until we die because we're moving them in a variety of ways. So yeah, yeah that. I, I love your recommendations. Actually, I'm starting a book club for the podcast. And basically, it's um, me reading some of these books and just giving kind of like the takeaways and the highlights. So if people... Um, want to pick up the book, um, either, you know, just get it on loan or, or like buy it just for me to discuss. And, you know, cause a lot of us are busy. We can't, you know, read an entire book, but maybe if we know the gist of it, but I'm going to look into comfort crisis and oh, what is, yeah. and what is this other, um, does this other gentleman so, have a book? Uh, he doesn't have a book. He has a podcast. The okay. podcast is called drive. Okay. Uh, and he's also, are you familiar with the Huberman lab? Yes. A little bit. Yeah. So he, Peter Tia, did a phenomenal um, podcast with the Huberman Lab on, it's one, of, I think it's like the, the, the third one back and it's the most recent on hormone therapy, hormone replacement therapy, like how they failed us in the 1980s, 1990s on hormone replacement therapy. It's crazy. Interesting. They go into the history of that whole fucking study and I was like, <laughs> Jesus, like how they think that was going to end well. It's, it's nuts yeah cool. um, and it's great because like like in hit play not pause yeah um the, that the menopause medical group um these women had posted you know and they were like i don't know how i feel about these two men talking about uh you know hormone replacement therapy and like giving advice but then you listen to peter tia and and he talks about it's so awesome because he stands up and says we failed women like the right. women's health initiative like we failed them miserably with this study and then by failing them so miserably you know women in the last 30 years have not been confident taking hrt because of this stupid study when in fact it was just horribly done from the get-go they had results that were were skewed and not applicable to women who actually needed hrt right Mm -hmm. and many of the women that could have been benefit benefiting from it like once you you're, you have a certain window where HRT is good, and then after that, you you are not going to see benefit from it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I highly. Recommend I it. I will definitely look into that. I really appreciate. I really appreciate those recommendations. Oh. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much, Shauna, and um, say hi to your mom for me and tell her <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> and we did good. We didn't swear that much, so maybe she'll listen no. to this you did. Now. You did great. <laughs> All right, take it easy. And uh, all right, talk to you soon. Take care. All right, have a good one. You too. You too. Bye. Bye.
Hi, friends. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends. And also, please rate, review, and subscribe to it, as that does help grow our community. Thank you so much.